This is Britta, and welcome to Model Jeans Podcast. This podcast is to introduce you to working models from around the world. From great laughs to tears of horror, our models will discuss their journey and what makes their workday in the modeling industry. This following podcast is brought to you by Model Genealogy. It's an informational platform that provides skills for aspiring models to succeed. You can take the test and find out what type of model you are, and they'll guide you on the path that is right for you in the modeling industry. Models will learn everything from how to get an agent and what to do once you get one, what type of pictures are right for you, what the client's expectations are, how to take care of yourself as a model, and what to expect if you want to work in other markets, plus much more. Hi, this is Britta, and welcome to Model Jeans Podcast. We're here with Kelsey Quinn today, and she is a Midwest Nebraska girl. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, and I'm so excited to talk to you um, because, like every Midwest girl, it's their dream to kind of get in this industry, um, and you've done so much. So I wanted to get started with when you think of modeling, you're thinking of like all the cute stuff, you know, like you're on e-com, you know, for maybe Kohl's or Victoria's Secret, but you never ever think that you're gonna be doing something that maybe that you uh, are technically not, and you have a maternity shoot that you did. Yes. <laughs> so that is one of the funniest stories that I tell my family about, um, because, Every once in a while that I get pictures of me shooting for um, a maternity client that I have. And the behind the scenes is actually hilarious. Um, so obviously I am not bearing child right now. Um, and so the belly and the belly's fake. The boobs are fake. There's like 37 different layers. There's a unitard with a fake belly. There's fake boobs that go in the bra that is definitely not my size. Um, and then there's a whole um, bodysuit that goes all over all of those layers. It feels like you're Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> um, and actually, one time um, I, I was shooting and I think I was just packing up for the day and just throwing certain things in my bag. And somehow I got one of the giant fake boobs. I left it in my bag, didn't realize it until I was at the grocery store the next day. And I'm digging in, trying to find my wallet. And I, I'm like looking at my back and I see this giant fake boob in there. <laughs> and um, I was just hoping nobody else saw it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> at least you didn't like mistake it for your wallet and like pull it out and be like throwing it at pull the it out. And like, let me pay with, let me pay with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Like there's um there are women who are models and when they do become pregnant, they will do maternity mm -hmm. stuff. But at times yes, they I've actually heard that models who are pregnant work all the time. Yes. Yeah. It's very big in New York and LA area, but, um, but then they also need models who may not be the right, you know, be pregnant at the time. So you're, you're like, guess what? Congratulations. You're having a boy today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
did you have like any other like encounters um, in the industry that you were kind of like, eh, what what is this? What's going on at the very beginning? Were you like not quite sure about? Um, I think every day. Um, I really think that every day you're thrown something new and you just kind of have to roll with it. I mean, whether you're shooting in a random location that you've never been to before and you have to figure out how to get there and be on time and, or like, um, one time I was doing a Miami swim week show and we were walking on this narrow glass runway over a pool and these high heels that were way too big for me. And, you know, if you trip or fall, you're going in the water. <laughs> um, you know, I just think one huge thing with modeling is just staying on your toes at all times. Just, you know, rolling with it, whatever gets thrown at you. And I think that's kind of the fun part, too, of modeling. Because it's like you just, you walk into situations and you have to be adaptable uh, to those situations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important on how you portray your um energy and your like uh just like your day you know every day um mm -hmm. and keeping it positive have you seen yeah and I think just coming at it with a light heart you know yeah I think that's really important as well um let's go back to when you first started um, I want to mm -hmm. talk to you about um, kind of like your family life, like where you grew up, how you grew up, your family, and then how you were actually scouted. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a small town in Nebraska called Gretna. Um, we had one high school and I graduated with a class of 180 kids, knew every single person in my grade. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I was always considered an athlete. I mean, from when I was, you know, even like three, four years old, um, I grew up, my mom and dad are still together. I grew up with two younger sisters. Um, and my dad always wanted us to be, to have that duality of, you know, being, you know, these beautiful Midwestern girls, but also being able to throw a ball like a boy hit a ball like a boy, run in the dirt, um, you know, just to be able to get rough and dirty. And um, so that's definitely how I grew up. Um, I played softball, basketball, volleyball, dance. Um, I ran track in high school. Um, I mean, my, my whole growing up, I remember just running around to like, sports practices you know nothing was really like I wasn't that freaky girl I was definitely a tom girl um I think dad, so then like once I, I was gonna say dad yeah. was probably desperate because he had all girls and he was just like yes even our dog's a girl so he's like <laughs> he's like I need to make these girls like as rough and tough as I can <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so like when I started showing interest in modeling, I think the first time was the beginning of my senior year of high school. Um, you know, being tall and skinny, I'm about six one. Um, and in high school I was rail thin. Um, and you know, so you always 
always just hear like, oh, you should be a model. You should try modeling. And, you know, my response was always like, oh, yeah, haha, you're so funny. Yeah, right. Like, I'm an athlete. Like, why would I go and try modeling? Um, but I always loved looking at fashion magazines. Like, I am insane. I collected Vogue, Teen Vogue, Elle, um, Seventeen magazine. And I remember just going back and, like, staring at all the editorials and just being like, this is something I've never seen before, let alone in my little small town of Gretna, you know? Um, and so I remember my mom dragged me to an America's Next Top Model casting at the beginning of my senior year of high school. Um, she said, oh, like, let's just go. You know, it was at the Nebraska Furniture Mart. Um, we went and stood in line for like six hours. Um, and I just kind of kept making it through the rounds. We drove up to, I want to say Minneapolis for another tryout, um, stayed in a hotel because I kept making it through. And I was just kind of like, wait, maybe I can do this. Like, how is this happening? I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, and I ended up making it to right before they started filming and they decided to bring back the fan favorites. Um, and they wanted me to try out again, but I didn't, um, I didn't really want to after that. And I honestly think looking back that that was a blessing in disguise. Um, why do you say that? I think looking back on America's Next Top Model, um, a lot of girls get their career starts there. But it's also a lot to be filmed all the time like that. And I feel like they could portray you in any way that they want. Um, and also, I think a lot of it, I learned so much just through going out on my own and traveling. Um, yeah. Um, so I went back to school, kept it a secret from all of my friends. I think my best friend knew. And that was it. Big secret. Just kind of acted like it didn't happen, you know, um, kept, you know, finished my senior year of volleyball. Um, and then I, my mom took me to a, uh, New York for vacation at the end of my senior year. And she kind of looked at me one afternoon and goes, Hey, that, that, that's next modeling agency. Like, what if we just went in and saw what happened? And so she drags me in and I don't even know what I was wearing. Like something that I just, you could tell I was some little small girl from Nebraska, scared, terrified, just walking in like, Hey, what's up? You know? Um, I think we went to a couple of agencies that day, but, um, I think it helped later on because I just, I knew what those agencies looked like and what the girls walking into those agencies were walking in looking like and their attitude and that, um, so I tried out for America's Next Time Model. I, cold walked into agencies. Um, and then after that, I kind of, um, I had a volleyball scholarship to play volleyball in college my freshman year, um, kind of put the modeling dream aside, um, started thinking my, of myself as an athlete again. Um, and around Christmas time of my freshman year, I was kind of just thinking like this whole college volleyball thing, like, yes, I may be on scholarship, but I'm just not happy. I feel like I'm missing something. Um, and so I was wanting to transfer schools that next summer. And I had a family friend who was working with a local modeling agency. And she kind of uh, messaged me and said, hey, you know, like maybe you should just come in and try it out with me to see what it's like. And I went in and, you know, told her my story and 
started shooting a little bit and kind of going to some of the workshops and um, she pulled me aside and said, you know, Kelsey, if you wanted to take this seriously, I think you could really make a career out of this and, you know, really go far. Um, long story short, that was my mother agent, Sasha, and I've been with her for over eight years now. Amazing. Uh, when you walked in, let's go back to when you walked into the agencies in New mm-hmm. York, um, what did you notice then you said that you noticed like the difference between like you when you're walking in and like what the girls were mm-hmm. expected as I would say the biggest difference between me and the other girls was confidence um I was walking in from high school you know I was wearing a full face of makeup my hair was all curled I was wearing you know probably a pretty busy outfit you probably just my like converse sneakers or something um, and then there were these other girls who were signed and probably older than me, um, walking in with no makeup, natural hair, just complete confidence in themselves. Um, you know, had more of a sleek look, you know, wearing all black or a more fitted like skinny jean, wearing high heels, looking professional. And I had no idea what that even looked like until I saw it. <laughs> it was just kind of like a, oh, 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 oh. Like, oh. That's that. Okay. <laughs> um, like I am truly a Nebraska girl. <laughs> did your uh, did your parents when you decided to start modeling? Did your did your parents uh, support you? Did they have any like fears? Um, my mom was definitely the biggest supporter. Um, she's the one that, you know, took me to all of those America's Next Top Model castings and took me into the agencies in New York. And, um, my dad was a completely different story. Here I am a freshman in college on a volleyball scholarship, getting my school paid for. Um, and with my family, we are truly, I was one of the first people to not go high school, college graduate college, get a job, get married, you know, that, that typical path. Um, and so I think that was a ABC. Exactly. I think that was a little bit of a shock to both my dad and my family, you know, like, why are you giving up this amazing scholarship? Why are you quitting volleyball? You love volleyball. Um, how long is this quote unquote phase going to last? Um, and I just kind of took that as, you know what, you can say what you want. I'll prove it to you. Um, I'll prove to you that I can do this. And what the crazy thing is, is that in order for me to fit to them and for people to stop asking me how long this phase is going to happen, it took me getting a Victoria's Secret Pink commercial. You know, someone that, a client that people back here recognize as, you know, being a big deal and didn't matter that I had been, you know, supporting myself for four years, living, you know, all over the world. Um, they didn't really understand that. But the second I got a client that they recognized, they were like, oh, you're like a real model now. I'm like, yeah, I have been for a long time. <laughs> I've been working really hard, you guys. <laughs> so basically, it took about four years for your family to mm-hmm. be like, oh, so you, you're you a real model. You're actually... You're like really modeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're getting paid. What? <laughs> to prove to prove yourself yeah, yeah. yes to, not only your family probably but also your community yes absolutely absolutely you know for a while I was just the girl who moved away you know the one girl who left Gretna and 
lived in Miami and lived in New York and Milan and Paris and they just don't get it, you know? And sometimes you just have to un- let them not get it and just say, you know what? I'm doing my thing and I'm having fun. I'm, you know, supporting myself. I think as well um, that when you first started, you were 18, 19 years old. Um, and mm-hmm. then as you started traveling um, and you were being placed in other agencies, I'm guessing that you were placed into the development board in those locations. And I think what girls and boys don't understand with this business is that development can take anywhere from a year to four years. Um, Mm -hmm. How long was it for you to get from the development board, no matter what country you were in, to finally get on a woman's board? So I kind of had a roundabout experience with modeling in the way that I quit for a while to go back to school. Um, I kind of fell into the pressure of, oh my gosh, my friends are graduating. My friends are in college. I want to have that experience again. Um, So my first bout of modeling was I spent about a year with my mother agent, um, just developing here in town, Um, was working as a waitress, working jobs, just saving money to travel. Um, And then my first market was Miami. Um, and I walked swim week and I walked uh, Miami international fashion week. But other than that, I didn't work. I was there for a year and a half. Um, I barely worked at all. Um, but I was in the office almost every day, you know, they were telling me, you know, how to take care of my skin, how to eat, how to present myself. I was shooting a lot. Um, and a lot of shoots that didn't even ever make it into my book or anything. It was just the practice of it. Um, But I will say looking back, Miami was such a learning experience. And I don't think I could have done anything without doing that. Do you feel that um, that year and a half, were you asking yourself during that time, why is this happening to me and should I just quit now because maybe I'm just not cut out for this part of the industry was it explained to you a thousand percent I mean I felt like I was working my butt off but I never even made it on the website it was never even on the agency's website um and also looking back so much of it was learning and I didn't know how to take care of my body I didn't know what to eat. I didn't know how to take care of my skin. Um, but at the time, it was like, I'm in Miami. I'm signed. I've made it. Like, get me out working. Let's go, you know? Um, and looking back, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I had no idea. So then did you take, you took a break after that, after Miami? Yes, took a break after. Um, I went back to school for about a year and a half. Um, and actually... <laughs> Um, I went back to New York after the year and a half of being back in college as a small plus size model. So I was, um, Sasha had kind of messaged me and it was right after the Airy Real campaign came out, um, where they're celebrating women of all different sizes. They're not, um, Photoshopping. Um, and she was kind of like, Kelsey, like, I think this is your time. I think this is really going to create a movement. You know, maybe you should. Um, just go to New York and kind of see what happens. Um, so I went back to New York. I was about a size six, eight. 
um, met with some agencies. They told me um, that they would want to sign me, but they would want me to get a boob job. And I kind of, you know, just sat there and I was like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. It, you know, if I need to do all of this, I feel like it's not what's meant to be. Um, so I went back home, went back to school for about six months. And I just kind of was working out because it made ha- me happy. And because it was good for my mental health and it was good to, you know, de-stress from school. And I just started leaning out without even, just because I was happy. Um, and Sasha pulled me aside and said, Kelsey, you look incredible. Do you want to start traveling again? <laughs> and I said, you know what? I miss it. I really do. And so I started traveling again, went to Chicago, went to Milan and Paris, and then later New York and have been working since. And you also were in... Is it Germany? You did Germany as well? Yeah, um, in Germany as well, in Mexico. Yep. Um, so y- you've gone to lo- lots of different markets. Um, let's explain to everybody, like, why do girls have so many markets and why it's so important? I think there's different things that you can get out of each market. Um, for example, in Germany, there's a lot of catalog clients. So you're doing a lot of that like e-commerce catalog, um, commercial kind of things um, where Mexico is a good place for a lot of girls to pick up editorials um, to just get a wide range of images, wide range of experiences. Um, I think I gained a lot of also just confidence by traveling by myself. Um, I really grew up. Um, and the modeling world's so small. I mean, there's been people that I met in Milan, Paris, Germany that I'll run into later on in New York. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a quite small once you get into it, because a lot of the girls have agencies in so many different markets. And those markets, um, obviously, they work with all of their local people. And then they also work sometimes on a more international basis with some international clients. But um I feel like um, I feel like if a girl stays with one or two markets, she's not opening herself up to other options or opportunities, chances that are out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also later on in your career, you know, even if you become um, based in a certain city, like I've been based off and on in New York um, for a few years now. Um, I can get a call from Germany saying like, Hey, we have this commercial. The client saw you, they love you. They want to fly you out. Heck yeah. Let's go. You know, there's always something that can pop up. You never know. True. Are there certain markets that have been better for you and why? Absolutely. Um, so Milan and Paris, just for me, just because I, my measurements usually aren't falling under, you know, that super stick thin runway model. Um, and also just being an athlete. Um, I definitely work better in Germany. Um, the measurements are a little bit more forgiving there. You know, I can get away with having like my 36 hip. Um, also I'm built, I'm very German. And so my build and my look, um, is fits into the German market very well. Um, Paris was for just because they have to be really, really small. Um, Milan was pretty good. Mexico was good. 
Um, but for instance, I've always wanted to work in Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan, always wanted to go to China. Um, but because I'm so tall and my feet are a size 10, it wouldn't work for me. I wouldn't fit in any of the shoes. I wouldn't fit in any of the clothes. Um, so every market kind of has their, you know, what works for them and what doesn't. And you kind of have to find your place. Um, can we talk about how it works when a model is placed in all these markets? Because I think a lot of girls are always like, I don't, I can't be in 10 markets at the same time. <laughs> As you have like a list of all these different countries yeah. that you, you model in. Um, do you want to explain how that kind of works? Yeah. So um, during some uh, in some markets, they will bring you on stay for, you know, three, three, four months, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, and if you're working well, a lot of times they'll want to keep you on the board. Um, so like, let's say I signed in Germany and I'm working well and they're like, you know what, um, we want to keep you on the board. We want to see if there's anything in the future that we could bring you back for, you know, things have been going well, um, to where I could be in Milan doing the same thing a three month stay. Um, and getting a call from Germany saying that there's a job there. Um, my mother agent does a good job of kind of taking care of my schedule between all the agencies. So if something pops up with an agency somewhere, they'll, um, they'll check in with her to see my schedule. Um, and she kind of handles everything for me. Which is like way helpful, especially when you're working like long days. So helpful. So helpful. Like, call my mother agent. Just figure it out. Let me know where I need to be and when. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, even though you have a mother agent, I'm sure that you, as a model, um, have also gone through all of your contracts and learned a few things. Um, is there anything that you would suggest models to know before they sign? Read your contract over and over and over again. And if you don't understand it, find someone who does. That is the biggest thing I've learned with signing contracts. Um, I've been put in this tough situation just because I didn't know what my contract said when I signed it. Um, making sure you get paid on time, making sure that if, um, if it's not working out with an agency, it's just not a good connection. Um, making sure that you have an out because a lot of contracts are written in favor of the agency and it doesn't give the model a lot of power um so having a good mother agent and having someone on your side that can vouch for you and push for you to you know have things that go in your favor in the contract as well i mean contracts truly should be 50 50 but most of them are not um so you want to be able to say you know if i'm not working within this amount of time, um, and, you know, be generous with that amount of time. It takes a while. Um, then maybe you can have an out to say, you know, if I write a letter, it will give me one month to kind of decide what we want to do here. Yeah. And I think it's really important. Uh, I always say, I tell the girls, like, get a highlighter out, start highlighting yeah, and making notes on the contract. I mean, we could always yeah, print a contract. You can change it. Yeah. Um, and you can change any contract. Yes, you can modify any contract. Um, and yep. the agency may or may not come back and say, we we can't do this. And so you need to sit down yeah. and say, well, these are these this is why um, my, and mm -hmm. these are my feelings about it. And what can we do to kind of 
work with that. So absolutely. It's definitely a pick your battle situation. Find out what's important to you and what matters and fight for it. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, for, uh, for figuring out like the importance of like your function with body, mind, and spirit. Um, mm-hmm. You said that you struggled a lot um, with that um, to start with. Um, how does that like help your career for like a long running career? And like, what what did you have to go through to have a career, you know, now, now that you've been doing it for eight years? Absolutely. Um, so the biggest thing that has helped me is when I found out my love for nutrition and figuring out how much I did not know. Um, You know, when I was in Miami, it was my first traveling trip. um, And I had no idea what I was doing. I was doing, oh my gosh. I was going days where I would, you know, write my little food journal and I was eating like 600, 700 calories a day. Awful. And then I would do that for two days. And then the next day I would eat everything in my kitchen. I would eat my roommate's food. I'd be eating a whole sleeve of Oreos. I'd be eating a whole thing of Ben and Jerry's cheese. It's like just going crazy. And then, oh my goodness, it was awful and it's not sustainable. And it was me going on this roller coaster of up and down and up and down. And it was affecting my mood and my mental health so much too. And I think the biggest thing I've learned, like, everything in moderation. You know, I'm one of those people where if I tell myself that I can't have something, that's all I want. You know, like, oh, I I can't have this, you know, little ice cream or I can't have this cookie. If I tell myself that I absolutely cannot have it, that's all I think about. But if I tell myself like, oh, no, you know what? If I really want one, I can have it. Then I don't really want it that much because I know that it's going to affect my career. It's going to affect um, my measurements and all of that. Um, just learning more about nutrition was huge. Um, and also just for the longevity of your career, you know, you can't, you have to be ready at all times. You could get a call from an agency anywhere saying, Hey, we're flying you to China. You're shooting this campaign. And if you've been, you know, in your little caves in your hometown, eating whatever you want, just kind of hanging out, and you get this call, but you're breaking out because you've been eating sugar and dairy and all of that, you're not going to be ready to go to that job. You know, just keeping consistency at all times is huge. How many times did you lose a job because of that? Um, actually, there was one job. I was coming off of Christmas break, and I had a fitting for an Alice and Olivia lookbook. And I had already walked their show before. Um, the clients knew me. Um, came back, you know, beginning in January, right after Christmas with all my family. Had just, you know, enjoyed some good food. And I go into the casting and it's me and one other girl. The one girl fit into these leather pants and I could not get them buttoned. Lost the job. And that was a big lesson learned. Absolutely. How um, how did that make you feel at them? Because basically a lot of models compare themselves to that other girl. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think that's really hard in this industry. Um, I think 
instead of comparing ourselves to one another and being competitive, although it is a competitive industry, just being at what your best is at all times is huge. Because if you go in with a client knowing, already knowing your measurements, already knowing your sizes and what those measurements and sizes are when you're at your best, that's what they'll expect. You know, they're not going to call in a girl, you know, who's my size, you know, over six feet with a, you know, 36 hip. They're not going to, if they're looking for me, they're not going to be looking, you know, for a five, eight girl who's stick thin, you know, like a 34 hip. They're not going to be looking for the same girl, but they're going to be looking for a girl that's my similar measurements. Um, and if that other girl has obviously been working harder than you, then they'll pick that other girl. Yeah. And I think it's just, um, I don't want to say like, it's just like a, a tough love that you have to give yourself in certain ways, mm-hmm. but it's, you can't let it penetrate you. I always tell models like, think of yourself as a duck. I know it sounds funny, but, <laughs> <laughs> but when you, when ducks are in water and they're diving in the water over and over again, what does the water do when they come up? it like rolls right off their feathers. It doesn't like go mm-hmm. in and like mess their feathers up or anything. And they just keep moving along across the water. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what metaphorically, like what a model should think of like when she's going to these castings, that water is the the nose. Um, the, you're not yep. thin enough. You're not, uh, you know, you don't fit the clothing right, your skin's not right, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that's all the water that's coming at you. And you just need to ruffle those feathers and like move forward. Yep, absolutely. Because you will hear no all the time. Even the girls who, you know, are walking for, you know, Gucci, Dior, Prada, all of those girls have heard no, probably more than they've heard yes. And I think that's right for any girl. And I think one of the big things about being a model and being in this industry is you have to kind of be in with a chip on your shoulder, you know, like say no. Okay. I'll find the person that's going to say yes. I'm going to find the person that believes in me, that loves who I am, that loves my look. Finding that one person will do you wonders. But every time you hear no, you just kind of have to say, okay, moving on, find the next one, you know? So how many times in the past eight years of your modeling career have, have, do you think that you've heard no? And how many times do you think about there be yes? It's like a percentage wise. Oh my gosh. Probably like 70, 75% no. I've been on so many castings, have been in front of so many agents, but it's that 25% that keeps you working and keeps you going and hypes you up, you know, and also just finding those clients, especially if you're working commercially and doing ecom, finding those repeat clients that, you know, you go in, you get along with them, they're willing to rebook you over and over again, because you work hard, you show up on time, um, they know what to expect when they get you. And it's those repeat clients that really, really help a model with their career, I think. Can we explain to everyone what a repeat client is? Yes. So a repeat client um, is someone that, you know, they come, um, they book you for a job. They really, really like you. And then they decide that they want to kind of keep you in the rotation for shoots. So maybe you might shoot with them once a month, maybe once every three months, maybe, you know, multiple times a month. 
Um, but that starts becoming, you know, a reliable source of income that's coming in over and over and over again. And it's nothing, you know, you don't have to go to a casting for it. They'll just automatically book you because they're familiar with you and they like the work that you do. Yeah. Uh, for your, obviously you're like a big sister to a lot of like little Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters now who are aspiring to model. And, and I know that you, uh, will sit down and like answer questions and talk with them in groups. Um, has there ever been a question that kind of just like, kind of like made you hold your breath and be like, Oh no, this, I have to like, um, I have to set this straight. Um, I would say just ending the misconceptions about modeling for girls who are starting. Um, a lot of girls, when I think they start modeling, they think, you know, the second you get signed, you're famous, you're going to be rich, you're buying your mama house, you're buying your little Chanel bag, you know, you're flying all across the world. And they're just like, well, if I'm just, if I'm super skinny and I get signed, like I'll be a famous model and I'll be rich and I'll be making all this money and traveling all over the world. And I think a lot of girls and guys don't realize how much work is put in behind the scenes. You know, like even when you're not being paid to be doing your job on set, you still need to be doing your job, going to the gym every day, taking care of your skin, taking care of your mental health taking care of your body, going to castings, which you're not getting paid to go on those. Um, Working on your movement. Always being available. Yeah, working on your movement, working um, on everything. You know, for for that eight-hour day on set, you're putting in so much work before that just to make sure that you're ready and prepared to give the best that you can. What's their response? Like, once you tell them that, are they bummed out are they like like listening to you and like okay and then taking it seriously yeah I think they kind of reconsider whether that not they want to do it like okay like am I willing to you know sacrifice so much of my life to be in this industry and do I really want to be a model you know if it's not as easy as it comes off to be um and I think the girls that come back and really, really just work their butt off. Those are the girls who have found like their why. Why do I want to be here? Why, you know, when I'm waking up at 7, 8 a.m. to go work out before all of my castings, why am I doing that? Why am I willing to do that? Why am I willing to travel the world and be away from my family, away from my friends, have a different experience than you know, all of the girls and guys that I went to high school with who were, you know, maybe going to college or, um, you know, starting jobs, you know, you, you have to find your why. And I think that's huge. Did you ever, uh, obviously you probably did, but did you ever like meet a big sister to you, like some, another model that you looked up to and did she give you any advice? Um, for me, it was more... <laughs> So when I first went to Miami and I was, um, you know, kind of in the development stage, it was right when Instagram was being big. Um, it was to the point where we'd go to a casting and they would be like, oh, do you have Instagram? Not, 
what's your Instagram followers followers do you have? It was like a very new thing. And I remember following all of these other girls, the girls who were going to castings, the girls who were booking jobs, the girls who were getting all these things in Miami that I was trying to get. And I remember like following them and just like watching what they were doing every day. You know, even days where they don't have castings, they don't have jobs, like they're out, you know, going to workout class or um, just bettering themselves for the next opportunity. Is there anyone that you would want to sit down and meet in the industry and why? Um, I think there's two people that I really, really look up to. Um, Carly Kloss, because when I I was in high school. That was when she was first getting um, like her Teen Vogue editorials. Um, And she came from, I think she's from St. Louis, right? Yes. So this girl who is my height, as tall as I am, is from a small town. And she's getting these huge editorials and all these amazing things. I mean, when I was, you know, going, you know, first started modeling, that's who I really thought of. When I thought of, you know, who I wanted to emulate and who I wanted to be. Um, And then now she's doing so many cool things outside of modeling. You know, she's really um, taking her platform from modeling and, you know, starting Cobra Classy and um, doing all of those, these really cool things outside of the industry. Um, And the other person I think is um, Dalton Crows, who is a Victoria's Secret model from a few years back. Um, I really respect and love the balance that she's put between work and family. You know, I'm 27 now. I'm getting, you know, closer to the age where, you know, I might start getting married, having kids, you know, in, you know, four or five years. And just finding that balance, I think, is really, really cool. Yeah, and I think it's important to find a balance. Is there anything that you um, have picked up, like a hobby or um, something that you do to kind of outside of modeling that so you're not so obsessed with just that, that you're able to focus on something else? Yeah. I think that's huge. And that's a huge tip for girls getting into modeling is you have to remember that you're a human first and a model second. And because if you are totally engulfed in this industry and obsessed with every single casting that you get told no and every single little thing, it will drive you to insanity. Like, (laughs) um, and so one thing that I've really found, um, I found my love for nutrition. Um, And so (laughs) We know when, when I'm in Germany and I'm by myself in my little German apartment, I'm just sitting researching all the time. Like I'll stay up until like three o'clock in the morning just because I'm so in love with it. And now I'm to the point where um, I'm actually signing up for classes to do part time online this summer um, to get my degree and to get my registered dietitian's license. And I think just having that kind of like side side thing almost makes me more passionate about modeling um yeah I think it's really important that's amazing for sure yeah and I yeah I, I think it's <laughs> it's cool that you you're able to find something that you're actually passionate about and it's like a lot of people mm-hmm. think that modeling uh you should be scared of food but you're like going towards it <laughs> no it's honestly food is such a tool for models it's insane I've been learning the connection between your gut and your skin I've struggled struggled with acne a lot um especially since it's actually right when I moved to Miami all of a sudden I don't know what it was my skin just decided to completely freak out 
Um, and I've struggled with adult acne ever since. And I went, I've tried everything. I've been on antibiotics. I've been on spironolactone. Um, I went on Accutane for six months, which, oh my gosh, was awful. Um, and now that I know so much about nutrition, there's so many things that are linked to what you put in your body. I'm just learning the link between acne and the things that you're putting, you know, in your stomach. It's crazy. You know, I just, I see it more as a tool now than like this fear of, you know, I think I see it more as something that's empowering and I know what to do and I know how to take care of my body. Um, do you have any like top beauty products that you swear by? Yes. Um, every shoot and every casting, I have a little baggie of cotton pads soaked with Bioderma micellar water. I think it's the pink one, like the Sensabio. Um, that's the best for taking off your makeup. I love it. Makeup artists all over the world that I've worked with use it. Um, I also like the um, Aveen Extreme Tolerance Moisturizer. I use the light one. Um, and sunscreen, 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 sunscreen. Is there a particular Huge. sunscreen that you <laughs> that you prefer or uh, like a, a level? Um, there's, there's two that I really like. There's one by Michelle, M-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E. Um, they have a really good one and that one's non-toxic. Um, I've been trying to switch all of my skincare and makeup to um, non-toxic clean makeup. Um, there's also one by Elta MD that's really good. Um, both of them I think are SPF 50. Um, I'm very pale. I don't play with sun. <laughs> I've seen my mom go through so much um, with having moles removed and skin cancer and everything. So I'm so adamant about putting sunscreen on and also just being an older model, just the longevity of your career, taking care of your skin and protecting it. Yeah, I think it's really important, especially when it comes to sun tanning. I, um, a lot of girls who are modeling, um, they'll want to go to, to, uh, on a cruise or, you know, go on vacation and enjoy life and tan. And what would you have to say about that? Um, I would have to say, wear sunscreen, wear sunscreen, wear sunscreen. I just last, I think it was last summer, maybe two summers ago. Um, we were on a family vacation in Florida. Um, and the one day we had to go to the beach, we went and it was raining full overcast, cloudy skies. We were laying on the beach and I was like, Oh, you know, it's cloudy. I don't really need sunscreen. We're only out here for, you know, an hour or two. I got the worst sunburn on my back of my entire life. And of course I was wearing this swimsuit with like a crisscrossed back um it was awful and so I had the lines on my back um I was scheduled to shoot with um for a prom client that next week and so I had to take a picture of my back send it to my agent in New York they had to send it to the client and the client had to cancel me so I lost out on a job and then to get back in with that client it took months because it took months to get rid of those lines it was awful. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny because girls are like, I'll be fine. They can Photoshop it. No, 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 no. Because then they have to pay the money to Photoshop it and the time to Photoshop it. And if you're doing an entire day of like, you know, a hundred looks, they're just going to hire another girl. 
they're not going to Photoshop a hundred looks and pay someone to be Photoshopping a hundred different images of you. You know, it's like next. <laughs> it's like, okay, nope. Next girl. Like we love you, but this is not worth it. <laughs> Um, because of your traveling so much, is there like an item that you always have to have with you when you travel? Headphones. Big time. Any particular Anytime headphones? I, <laughs> um, something noise canceling. Um, my boyfriend is really sweet and got me the um, AirPod Pro for Christmas, which these are my first like big girl headphones. <laughs> um, before that, I was just always like the free apple ones that come with your phone or whatever <laughs> um but planes if anyone's coughing anyone's babies on flights um and also just walking through cities um when I when I go to a new city I don't like taking the train and I don't like taking the bus because I like really just immersing my body and walking everywhere um not only is it a form of exercise but also I feel like you run into so many like little alleyways and little um, little things that you would never see popping up in a subway. Um, you kind of just get the layout of the land better. Um, so I walk a lot and just keeping your headphones in and maybe warding off a couple creepy guys is really helpful. <laughs> People are m- much less likely to talk to you or like pull you aside like, oh, are you a model? Like just put your headphones in. No one's gonna talk to you, just do your thing. <laughs> that would be Milan. <laughs> Milan, absolutely, yep. You know what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Let's explain a couple markets um, for everybody. Uh, Let's start with, well, let's start with Milan and kind of like Uh what to expect when you work in Milan, the the type of culture, just, you know, the normal runaround type stuff, the, you know. Yeah. So Milan is definitely, so there's, there's markets that do more direct booking and that's more, um, or request castings where they will pre-select the models that they want to see. Um, so instead of, you know, seeing 300 models, maybe they're only seeing 10. Milan is not like that. Milan is come one, come all, come stand in line outside of this casting for three hours. Um, Milan is, there's a lot of girls there. A lot of young girls, um, like, a lot of 16 year old girls coming from um, like Russia, Ukraine. Um, I think that was most of the girls that were there, like a good amount of it. Um, I also lived with girls from Australia, Brazil, um, everywhere, um, the UK, Netherlands. Um, castings are definitely, you know, you'll you get a list of castings, and because the lines are so long, you cannot make all of them. So you kind of Decide like which ones you're fit best for and which ones are worth going to. Um, uh, oh, so there was an, there was an e-com client that I worked for. I think every day I was in Milan. I'm a size 41 shoe. They had me working in a size 38 every day, and that was rough. I think that would be similar to if I would go to, um, like Paris or if I would go to, um, Japan or China or something, um, clothes are smaller, shoes are smaller. Um, what about, what about the culture of Milan? The culture of Milan is pretty laid back just because they're Italian. Um, I was the first one on set every day. People are running late quite a lot. 
Um, lots of breaks, you know, they'll talk the lunch break and then, oh, we're going to take a break to go, you know, smoke outside or coffee break or, um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a very emotional culture too. Um, I started learning, just kind of picking up on Italian to the point where I could tell what they were talking about, just not fully engaged into a conversation and everything is through their heart and through their feelings. And they're so warm to people which I really loved. They just really want to take care of you, make sure that you're doing okay. Yeah, they're very giving. And I'm yes, not saying, very giving. I'm not very saying giving. that because I'm Sicilian or anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, what about, okay, totally different market, Germany. Germany is a well-oiled machine. Everything is on time. If you're on time, you're late to your job um payment time everything is like I get payment you know my payments coming from Italy was kind of vague and I would have to remind them of jobs I did um ask for payment a few times before I received it where Germany it's like they give you an entire excel spreadsheet they give you the check number they give you the check date like everything is just boom 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 done and Germany is definitely not a warm and fuzzy culture culture like Italy was they're more um cold a little bit more serious um but they're also they have a great sense of humor I will say we have a lot of fun on set in Germany it's quite a safe um country too to work in extremely safe I feel I mean Germany is probably the country that I feel the most comfortable in outside of the United States yeah, and I think that's one thing that models don't think about is that you're walking into another culture and um, other cultures don't look like American cultures. So <laughs> you're learning about all different things and how they um, react and what they uh, think or, you know, is kosher and not kosher. Um, mm -hmm. was there ever a time that maybe like you were in another culture and you were like, you kind of just were like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, to do that or say that because it's fine in my country, but <laughs> obviously not yours. <laughs> um, I will say I'm, I'm extremely observant of other cultures and I'm one of those people who I would when I first get to a place, I sit back and kind of take in everything around me. And I might, you know, meet someone on set and just be like, okay, like, give me the rundown. Like, what are some things that I, I try so hard, this sounds so bad, but not to be the typical American, because I think Americans get kind of a bad rap um, of not caring about other people or being loud or um, being disrespectful. Um, and I try and and that stereotype as much as I possibly can. Um, Do you feel like the models stereotype each other who are coming from different countries? Absolutely. And I hate it. It needs to stop because it, it, it ends up being this like, like click kind of thing. Um, you know, the American girls, a lot of times will feel most comfortable with girls from the UK or girls from Australia just because English is your first language. Um, a lot of the, you know, Eastern European girls kind of stick together. Um, and then a lot of the girls, a lot of the Brazilian girls stick together. There's lots of Brazilians. 
Um, and everybody kind of has their own personalities or way of doing things or um, things they like to do in their free time. And they kind of stick together in that way. Well, and you're all living together too, usually in a model mm-hmm. house. And um, I don't know what your experience is, but maybe you can kind of give us an idea of like how it how it works in a model house and how you have to try to get along with the situations that you're in. Yeah, um, I've learned so much by living in model apartments. And I think I've also grown up a lot. Um, so living in a model apartment, a model apartment is usually an apartment that the, your agency owns. And then they rent out to girls who are coming on stay. Um, so it's a better op- it's a better option, especially if you're going into a foreign country, than getting your own apartment because you're not a fil- you're not familiar with the country, you're not familiar with um, the layout, where you should live, and a lot of times you can't get an apartment because you're not a resident and you're not. Um, um, but I, one thing that I will say that I've learned so much is that even though there are all of these stereotypes of models from different parts of the world. There has been at least one, if not five people break that stereotype all the time. And I think that's the best part, you know, living with people, you truly get to know like why they are the way they are. And you get to know these girls that are in your agency so well, um, you know, learning, you know, the stories from their family and how everybody has grown up so differently. And even if it's like, it's so cool seeing girls with stories, you know, maybe from Eastern Europe that had, you know, a rough upbringing and then maybe girls that are even in the U S that have a similar upbringing. And that even though you're, you know, from two completely different parts of the world, you've been through some of the same experiences. And that's really um, something that you bond over. Um, I've also learned a lot of nutrition, skincare things through girls that I've lived with um, just through girls who have been in the industry longer than I have and who have traveled to other markets. Um, Also just getting advice for them, you know, like, Hey, I'm going on this casting. I know that you've seen this client before. What do you think I should wear? Or what do you think I should dress like? What do you think? Um, Like, Hey, I'm going into a meeting with my agent, you know, like what's your experience with her or him or um, just kind of sharing experiences and helping each other out is huge. That is huge. Um, I think one big thing, too, about if you have agencies all over in different markets and when you're visiting that market, it's really important to uh, go and do check-ins with your agency. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, A lot of times agencies overseas have a lot of girls on their board. And so you need to check in and just say, hey, I'm here. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to work. Um, just kind of check in and make sure they remember, make sure you're kind of on the top of their mind, top of their list. Even if you have to go in and act like you're getting comp cards, even though you might have a stack of comp cards at home, you know, just as an excuse to pop your head in and just familiarize them with your face and that you're here and that you're ready. Um, that helps much. Do you have any tips for across these, um, like check-ins with your agent, any like, um, on how to get along with them and and how to make them I don't say happy but <laughs> but but I guess like how to build that relationship with them does that make sense yeah 
Um, I would say definitely do not let them intimidate you. If you go in being warm and open and crack a few jokes, but make it short and sweet, you know, they're, they're busy people. They have a full-time job too. Um, just popping in saying like, Hey, what's up? Like, Oh, so good. So good to see you guys. Um, like, Oh, like, do you guys know of like a cool coffee place that I could go to, you know, just kind of making that personal connection right away, I think is huge. Um, and just, you know, being warm and open and they're people, they're just people who have a job too, you know, they're not scary. They're not. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of girls who they start getting these agencies across seas and then uh, they're scared to approach their agents. Um, and and if they're not getting a casting or booking, they, they'll they talk about it, but they won't actually like go in and be like, hey, just checking in. You know, that's all you have to say is like, hey, I'm just checking in, wanted to say hi you know, here's a chocolate bar. I just thought of you, you know, I don't know, you know, like just little simple things. Yeah. And like these agents are dealing with girls from all over the world. So like, even if you're worried that there might be a language barrier, there might be a small one, but they're used to dealing with girls from all over the world. Um, Maybe something that might set you apart is maybe bringing some treats from home um, that maybe they can't get there. You know, like, Hey, like, you know, to remember me, like, here's, you know, an American, whatever, chocolate bar, or something like that. Just to kind of make yourself stand out mm-hmm. and just be warm, welcoming. Like, you know, don't treat them any differently than you would any of your agencies in the States. I think as well, just sitting down, like if you are really concerned and just say, do you have a moment to talk to me and explain to me? You know, like, am I doing anything wrong in this market? Are you getting feedback from clients of what I need to be doing? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, because a lot of, there's a lot of insecurity in another country on top of it. Um, And just to take that quick five minutes of the agent talking to you about any of feedback they're getting, they're they're so busy. A lot of times they're just not going to pick up the phone and call 40 girls to tell them that. Yeah. Um, especially, especially if you're not booking or you're not getting castings. I, I see a lot of girls just kind of sit in their little model apartment complaining, oh, I'm not getting castings. Oh, I'm not booking jobs. Like, I think I'm just going to go home. When all it takes is going into the agency's office saying, hey, like, can we just chat for a sec or emailing them? Like, hey, is there time that works for you that I can pop in and we can kind of talk about what I could be working on while I'm waiting for castings to come in? Um, what I could be changing about the way that I'm presenting myself in these castings, um, any sort of feedback they're getting, you know, just talking human to human, not being afraid because, you know, they're this, you know, agent from Milan and, you know, you kind of build, I think a lot of girls build them up in their heads so much that they become so intimidated by going into the agency and talking to them. Um, when you really just, you know, put that wall down and just talk to them. Yeah, we're all You're fine. We're all normal. humans. We're all working towards something. <laughs> we're all have so many things going on. Like, just bite the bullet. Tell them what you're worried about. They'll go. And I think in every market, it just depends. Like, there's different personalities. Like, you go to New York, they're just very more forward and erupt. And it's and they're not being yes. m- mean. They're just being really forward on is and honest exactly what you know. Yes. And if you're not used to that, like 
honesty in your face and yeah. that like in my it, you have little art. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta go. And like, oh, okay. But, yeah, but you can't go. You have to be able to stand up and just be like, give it to me. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna yep. learn from it and thank you. I mean, just write directly back to him and say thank you for taking the time for, with me today. End of story. Yeah, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna take this, I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna turn this criticism into constructive criticism to make myself better. Absolutely. All right, just a couple more questions for you. Um, did you ever break down? Did you ever have like a breakdown moment when you were traveling or working on set? I've had so many breakdown moments, Britta. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. Like, you know, even just with the time that I decided that I wanted to quit modeling, I was like, you know, I had just spent a year and a half in Miami, didn't ever make it on the website, went to only a handful of castings in a year and a half, but I felt like I was constantly taking things in and I was constantly learning and working so hard. I just kind of hit my breaking point of like, I'm putting all of this in, but I'm not seeing like that picture perfect that I thought I was um but I think the biggest thing to remember like looking back when I was going through that is like yes I needed a break and I needed you know to kind of take my mind off of modeling for a little bit and that's okay but I came back to it over and over again and I feel like every time that I you know would kind of step away for a little bit and come back I would fall even more in love with my job yeah, and I think uh, every model goes through a breakdown. Um, it, you could mm -hmm. be in an airport flying uh, and your flight gets canceled yep. and you have to wait another four hours yep. and it's being transferred to a different airport on top of it. And now you have two stops instead of one stop and you've, ha you've had enough. You're, you're done for the day. And you just yes. yeah. start balling. <laughs> it, it happens. So, yep. Um, you have like 37 people calling you. Someone wants you in one city. You're supposed to be in the other city. I mean, and I think when you're going through one of those breakdown moments, you really need someone that you can call that's going to calm you down, kind of bring reality back in. You know, what anxieties are worth worrying about and worth doing something about and what anxieties are just things that you're building up in your head over time. Um, for me, that's my mom and my boyfriend. They know just how to keep it real with me. Like, Hey, here's the facts. You're flying here. You're going to go to this job and then you're going to fly here. And then you're going to go to this, this job. That's all you have to do. Don't stress out about it. Just close your eyes, do it. You're going to be okay. Go take a bath, have some tea, go to bed. You're going to wake up. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> It's funny because I'll get the phone calls too, um, from sometimes from the models. And uh, my oh yeah, first question is, are you are you gonna die? Are you like because yep. that's the that's <laughs> the time we freak out is if you're mm -hmm. are you dead or are you dying right now? If you're not gonna yeah. die, then everything from there is figureoutable. Yeah. So, uh, and also just putting things into perspective, like. Also, I think my mother, Sasha, has gotten so many phone calls from me at like two o'clock in the morning. Bless her heart. I think she's answered all of them. Um, um, but just having someone on your side and she just listen and also, yeah, putting things into perspective. You're a model who's getting paid this much to do this job 
you're flying from Miami to Milan. How many people in the world can say that they're doing that? Not very many. Like you have such an amazing opportunity. And yes, it may be stressful at times. Yes, you may think that, you know, you can't do this. But there are so many girls who are looking up to you and who want to be in your position. Like you are so blessed to have this be your job and your lifestyle. And it's not as bad as it you think it is when you're going through those breakdowns. <laughs> All right, two more questions for you. If you could do your own ad campaign, what would your message say? I think it would say not just a pretty face. And I would bring in all of my friends who are doing all of these cool things outside of modeling. Um, because there are so many girls in this industry that are so intelligent and are so talented in things that are outside of modeling. It's insane. And I just think highlighting those girls who are like those do it all girls um, would be really, really cool. Yeah. And I think, um, so, so much of the public just sees the image, but they don't, know the girl or hear the girl and so the girls get judged only one way and that's by their beauty by their image um so yeah i think a lot of she's a model like she's not smart she's not this she's just a pretty face and she's just getting paid and she has this job because she's beautiful like no these girls i mean i know girls who have you know brands focused on sustainability i know girls who have a degree in neuroscience, um, girls who are doing all of these amazing things and modeling is their other passion and they love doing it. And just some of the girls that I've met in this industry are just so incredible and they have so much more of a story to tell, I think. And I think if you would give those girls a chance and tell that story, it would be really cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like it. Mm. Um, I always ask (laughs) girls, uh, anything in the industry that you can think of, wouldn't it be great if? We all came together. So modeling is, so actors have a union that protects them and that brings them together. Models don't have that. And so I think the girls who are supermodels making millions of dollars, as well as the girls who are just starting out, to just end that competition with each other and the talking about each other. This girl deserves this. This girl deserves that. This girl doesn't deserve to have this. We're all working towards something and we're all fighting to be in this industry. I think just if models learn to support each other and help each other more, I think it can make a huge difference. Yeah, I think so too. I feel like there needs to be some type of... Um group where not only it protects you there's um the model alliance of course um love that and they're based out of new york they're there to um, help protect and support models right now um and Mm -hmm. i'll put the link down below for everybody in the show notes but as far as a union for to to kind of help the girls with um health care or um just uh sexual harassment protection. There's certain things that are changing um, mm. in the world, but it's very spotty right now. Like maybe like California. Uh, it's very new. Yeah. It's very new. Has certain laws for models. 
now, mm-hmm. but then the state of, we'll say Michigan does not. So um, mm-hmm. I think if we get something that goes across the board, not only just the U.S., but internationally, I think it'll really help our industry kind of regulate to keep the girls safe and healthy. Yes. And I think until that happens, I think we just need to come together as models, support each other, give each other advice, back each other up. Um, I think that would be huge until we can get something really, really in place. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, Kelsey. It was great having you as always. Thank you for having me. It's been a good run. (laughs) We hope to speak to you again down in the future, but um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Model Jeans podcast. Want to talk about this podcast? As always, we love to hear from you. Jump over to our social media platforms at Model Jeans Podcast. Then come on over to modelgenealogy.com to sign up to be the first to get exclusive updates on our VIP live interviews and all the updates you need to know. Be sure to take the test to see what type of model you are so you have a path to follow. Lastly, do you have a challenge for us to solve? Reach out to us at Model Genealogy. You may find our comeback sooner than you think on Topic Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with me.